Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. And welcome to Sandy and Sean on this Monday afternoon in the Mile High City. It is the 28th day of August 2023. And it is regular season week in college football. And we are 13 days away from the Broncos opener at home against the Las Vegas Raiders and less than 24 hours away from the full reduction throughout the National Football League from 90 players to 53. Now, some teams have got a head start. Bill Belichick's New England Patriots in particular like cutting early. That's just their philosophy. The Denver Broncos cut early as well, just a handful. Uh, Kendall Hinton, the biggest name that Broncos fans would remember. Isaiah Prince also in the mix with tackle, but some of those small moves. I actually wanted to ask you about that. This is one of the changes that happened in the latest collective bargaining agreement. But I've wondered a little bit, when you think about going from 90 to 53 with 32 teams, I mean, you can do the math there. That's 37 players. Over 1,100 players out there, as opposed to 800 back in the old days. And you still maybe had similar cuts, but they went in waves. And I have wondered for a while if maybe the players gave a little too much away there because I understand why things are the way they are and it's great for teams, but for players, it's easy to get lost in that shuffle and sometimes the early cuts with the smaller groups you're cutting five here, six there. I think more than ever this year, though, rosters will look different tomorrow. By Friday, they may look even more different than they look at this time tomorrow afternoon. So I I think there'll be a lot of shuffling. Uh, I, I think the main objective now in the next 22 hours is to get your roster down to 53 and begin to formulate your practice squad. And I believe the deadline for that is 2 p.m. Wednesday? Yep. Mountain time? I think. For your practice squad, it's 24 hours. Yes, you have to after, wait until after, after now, cut. Now, right. 16 practice squad players you can have. Yeah. So fun. I think a lot of teams are looking at it, uh, general managers throughout the NFL, as well as coaches. You have a 69-man roster now. You really do. Yeah. And it's so easy to move people back. Because veterans can be on it to a certain squad. level as well. That's right. right. Practice squad to uh, the regular roster of 53. And, of course, on on game day, you have a different number still. Uh, Questions, I suppose, throughout the league on whether you keep two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks. It'll be interesting to see how that breaks out. But don't assume. This is the one thing I always say every year. Don't assume that the roster you see here in Denver tomorrow afternoon at this time will resemble or certainly by identical to the roster you see, let's say, on Thursday or Friday. Right. And I, I do think that's important to note because along with the cut of nearly 1,100 players, teams are far more prepared when it comes to scouting. It, it's harder to find in preseason nowadays these these sleepers, the guys that come out of nowhere and then become significant players. Uh, virtually every 
college football game all the way down to what we used to call D2 is televised. If it's not televised, yeah. it's easy enough to get on demand. So guys don't slip through the cracks anymore. And it also means that teams get ahead of certain things. They look at, let's say, prior to all the injuries, the Denver Broncos and think there might be a couple receivers that we might be able to keep an eye on there since we don't love ours at the tail end. And the Broncos are doing the same. Look, probably looking at offensive linemen or defensive linemen at the teams that are maybe a little bit deeper there and saying, look, they may be able to take someone that gets cut there that we think is better than some of the guys that we've had to keep. But there, this isn't something that's happening, like you pointed out, in a complete vacuum where there's no preparation. They have a pretty good idea. And look, it's, it's very simple. I'll take a look at it when the Broncos make their cuts, but very beginning of training camp. I, I think I said there were 45 spots that I felt were comfortable. And that was prior to a couple injuries. I yeah. bet you, we'll find out. I'll give it a look. I bet I'm not far off. And as a result, I imagine the people who are in the NFL know that about their team and everybody else's team. So you know who's going to be out there. Kendall Hinton may not only be back as a practice squad player, he may be back as part of the roster of 53. Depends on what they do with Jerry Judy, how long they think he'll be out. And then as people think, well, what's the difference between two to four weeks and four to six weeks? Well, it's an important calculation because if it's four to six weeks or longer, then you got to put them on short-term injured reserve, which means you have to include them on the cut down to 53 if Mm -hmm. you're going to do that. If you put them on IR today or tomorrow before the cut down, then he's out for the year. You can't bring him back. K1 Williams, same thing. Now, his injury figures to be a little more serious. That's surgery on his left ankle. To me, he's not only done for the year, he's done as a Bronco. He's saying Bassey was one of the few bright spots, I would say, from what, to me, was one of the five most discouraging training camps I've seen in almost 45 years here uh, in in the Mile High City. Uh, I, I mean, the the bad vastly outweighed the good. Um, I th- I think the Broncos are going to have to be very clever this week in putting their roster together. Uh, I thought, I really thought they were showcasing Alberto. I do yeah, too. They, they knew who they were going up against. They were going up against the one coach and the one team that up. That's in the NFL go. that will never, ever, under this current regime, ever play a starter of significance in a preseason football game. They just won't do it. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, you have Mike Tomlin, who says, I think it's difficult to box without sparring. The Rams don't believe in sparring. No. And when Nathaniel Hackett didn't play his starters last year, he cited two coaches, one for whom he had just worked, Matt LaFleur, the other was Sean McVay. And that's what Sean McVay does, and he he won a Super Bowl. So, I and and to me, that was the most, well, I thought it was a good argument at the time, and I think it's a good argument now. That was the least of Nathaniel Hackett's problems because he was actually in the majority. A majority mm-hmm. of coaches feel just as Hackett does that you don't play starters in the preseason, including Robert Sala yeah. of the New York Jets, who played Aaron Rodgers because it was an exhibition game against the Giants that you're kind of trying to win. And those of you who aren't from New York probably have trouble understanding that, but this goes back more than 50 years. A Giants-Jets preseason game is played like a regular season game. 
especially when the teams don't meet during the regular season. That they, it, it's it's an 18th game for the for those two teams. But Rogers played two series; they got him out. He didn't get touched. His uniform was clean. He didn't need to take a shower after the game. So th- different teams have different approaches. Yes, um, Andy Reid doesn't believe in joint practices. Most teams do. Um, about a third of the league, maybe even a little more than a third of the league, conducts multiple joint practice yeah. sessions. And what happens in joint practices that I think make them more meaningful than the games that follow the joint practices, players get hidden in joint practices. They play a lot in joint practices because there's no film. There's no film. There's film on the exhibition games. But there's nothing you have to show. So if you're right. looking to move somebody, as I believe the Broncos are looking to move Albert up. I agree. You start talking up so glad you how that great up. his practice sessions have been. But, of course, there's no tape or film on what happens for other teams to study during Denver Bronco practice sessions. So they play him the other night against a team that is playing – as I like to say, bus riders and steak eaters, most guys they're going to cut. No one of any value ever plays for the Rams in any exhibition game, especially the last one. So he puts on a show, catches seven passes for 109 yards and a touchdown, and now maybe he can trade him and get a fourth-round, fifth-round pick back for him. Get a draft pick. I can't we know the Broncos that, are but... desperate for draft picks. Well, I don't know. I mean, to to... <laughs> I I understand what's going on on, on preseason telecasts. I really do. And Ryan Harris, a good friend of mine, a great guy. Great and guy. I, he's a very good analyst, and he d- does Notre Dame football very capably. I've heard him on Notre Dame football. He's terrific. But to listen to those two guys talk the other night, if Albert O isn't headed for the Hall of Fame, he's headed for an all-pro <laughs> team this year. I mean, and 31 teams are just chopping at the bit either to pick him up when he's waived or trade perhaps multiple draft picks for the chance to play this budding superstar. Well, and I mean, that's so, the catch. You know, you have it's, broadcast it's, partners that have it's, roles. It's, but, but I think fans buy into that, though, and I think and it's, I important, it's important to say what was going on the other night. And listen, they may keep him because I I think it's it's just like the wide receivers. If they couldn't get one for Judy, they weren't going to trade him. But it didn't mean he wasn't being considered as a trade possibility. Right. They just wanted a first. If they could have gotten a second for Cortland Sutton, he would have been gone. Probably in hindsight now, it's good they didn't make mm-hmm. either of those deals, yeah, yeah. given the lack of depth at wide receiver, but I guarantee you if they had gotten a second rounder for Sutton, they'd have made that deal in a heartbeat. And if they could get a fourth rounder for Albert O. Oh, goodness, yes. Yes, I was of thinking course. Maybe, maybe, Heck, maybe, maybe, a sixth. maybe a fifth rounder. I, I think you, if you're, all you're going to get is a sixth or a seventh, you might as well keep them. You might as well keep them. You're, you're going to have injuries. Uh, by the way, Albert O. had a better training camp than Greg Dulcich did. So if you're going on Those just the basis of what bad. these new coaches saw in training camp, Albert O's your third string tight end. And Dulcich is number four. Now, 
they don't go by that. Right. I'm I, I'm just saying though. Put it this way, fantasy that, football it, people, believe it or not, you actually want Adam Troutman. Yeah. He's gonna play the lion's share of the snaps. Well, at, least for, at least for yeah, the open. I'm not part sure of the how year. many passes he'll catch. Remember no. who's throwing him the ball. Correct. And it's a guy who never has believed in throwing the ball to time. Unless your name is Jimmy Graham, which I get. But yeah, for the most Jimmy part. Graham is or, one past his prime and has more issues in his yeah. life. I guess we'll disagree against deal with the Broncos, right? as we remember. But, but, but otherwise, no, I get yeah. your point. Not heavily going to the tight end. The tight end in this offense, at least as it stands, is going that's, to be more of a blocking I, role. That's why I think I know it, see, this is this is where I smell a rat. They're pumping up Albert O as a blocker. You don't think that's a message they're communicating right. to other teams, having nothing oh, yeah. to do you with what say the, they the, want on the, the fans to believe, yeah, on the or the broadcasters and telecasters to believe. They'll say he he blocks like he's uh, a combination of John Mackey and Mike Ditkin. <laughs> but that's that's no part know, right? of the game. You're see? right. And when when uh, you know, listen, they, he was he was the only Bronco who's worth a spit on offense Wednesday in a joint practice against the Rams, which is far more meaningful for evaluation purposes than the game was because oh, yeah. starters actually participated. Matthew Stafford was seen practicing. And it's worth noting Rams that I, even though it's, it's important when you look at those joint practices, and I was out for both of those, keep in mind, too, that when you look at those practices, you have to understand that if you were to say in the practices, in both practices, did the Rams look like the better team than the Broncos? I would say yes. That said, you don't really look at the practice as a whole because the practice is not a scrimmage. You're really looking at it a play-by-play basis because the teams are in this particular instant matching up these players versus these players. So joint practices are very valuable, but not in the way you think because they're not really scrimmaging. It's all set up for particular situational things. But the Rams probably did look better overall than the Broncos. They lost 41 to zero on Saturday night. Yeah. So, so take into and, account about both of those things. And right. also take into account last Christmas day that the Rams beat the Broncos 51 yeah, to 14 trying to in a game that. that really counted and was more revealing perhaps than any other game. The Broncos played last year as to how bad the Broncos were last year. And um, I, I think now people are getting a little skittish about the Broncos. Uh, now, really? Now a few, yes. Okay. Uh, 41 to nothing to the discerning fan the other night means absolutely nothing because the Rams don't play anybody. The and the Broncos fan. were were playing. Were playing some people. And most fans around here, I think, are more discerning than they're given credit for being. You have they're been taken, right doing that. They're taken far. to be chumps by the Broncos and by segments of the media. Uh, they are not. Uh, in fact, Many fans, it seems to me, are far more sophisticated than the media and more frighteningly than the Broncos at least have been in the past. Uh, jury's out, obviously, on, on this new crew. And I also had to chuckle when uh, I, I uh, heard mentions being made of how George Payton's completely in charge of this process and Sean Payton might as well be what you process? or me. He's just sitting on the sidelines watching his team get put together. No one believes that, this right? strongly suggested on the telecast the other night. There was hardly ever any mention by anybody of Sean Payton's role in the cutdown process. It was all George Payton. George Payton's on the phone. George Payton will do this. George Payton will do that. It's all George Payton. From now uh, through the end of the week, uh, you know, starting a week from today, it'll be the Sean Payton show, but he's only the coach. The GM runs 
the process uh-huh. for the next five days. And if you believe that, yeah, I don't know then uh, I believe we're going to have 10 inches of snow on the ground by tomorrow morning. Yeah. The moves will be interesting, of course, because I think you're exactly right, especially when you're looking at the injuries the Broncos have. Tim Patrick lost for the season. Jalen Virgil lost for the season. Jonas Griffith lost for the season. Uh, realistically, uh, Riley Moss until at least game four. Jerry Judy until at least game three. Uh, Baron Browning till at least game five. Kwan Williams probably till at least game eight. And I'm being optimistic on all those. That's at that's, least. That's the most optimistic. Those are at least. And they're all certainly not going to hit that. So you are also going to see some players that are here that make the team that will be off the team as soon as any of those guys immediately <laughs> right. becomes available that's to play. Right. And so this isn't going to mean that much. And that's why I, I told you at the beginning of the camp, about 45 of these spots I know, because the other eight, they're always in flux. You know, I, the one guy, I think, well, there were two. Two guys made the team during training camp who going into training camp were long shots to make the and team. I think we know who they One are. One was McLaughlin, and yep. the other was Asang Bassi. They were the two guys who made the team. And uh, Elijah Garcia, I think, as well. Um, I'd be surprised if he's on the 53 man. Hmm. He'll be on the practice squad, but I'd be surprised if he's on the 53 I think he's going to really make it. I think they're pretty shallow on that spot, but we'll see. But certainly, I, 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 certainly how many defensive linemen are you going to keep if you're going to keep a whole bunch of linebackers and a whole bunch of corners, well, especially now that Williams is yeah. out? You, you got to keep one more corner. Well, you know what? We'll go through that because, as a matter of fact, Sandy, this morning I did go through it and came up with uh, who I think the Broncos will keep and then steer to the practice squad. We'll uh, compare and contrast. Want to get your input on all of this as well. 303-831-1340 is the Colin text line. We'll look over who the Broncos may end up keeping in uniform, at least in the short term, about this time tomorrow. We'll do that next on Miley Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. This is Monday, so we will get back to the roster discussion in a little bit. But since it is Monday, Mental Health Monday, we had our opportunity for our checkup from the neck up with Dr. Rick Perea. Thinkoneforyou.org is the website. That's Think One, and then the number four. You.org. Doctor, thank you for joining us as always. The preseason for the Broncos is over. Uh, my first thought for, from you is the if you were talking to some of these players, some of whom will be able to realize their dream in the next 24 hours and some that may be facing the end of it, what's the right way to approach these things on both sides of the equation? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Great to be back on uh, your checkup from the neck up on Mental Mondays. Um, you know, you always want to have asset thinking instead of deficit thinking. So regardless of if players get waived and put, you know, cut, there's always other opportunities out there in the league. There's other leagues, in Canadian League. There's um, you know, a kid up in Buffalo that got another chance from here, Shane Ray, that got another chance with Buffalo That's this right. summer after playing up in uh, Canada for a few years. So 
you always want to educate players to really think on the asset side and that there's other opportunities out there in the league to play. And the other thing too is, you know, from a from a organizational standpoint, you're getting better. And that's part of that form, storm, norm and perform performance model you're forming. And at this point it's a great opportunity for the Broncos to shape their roster as they wish as they go forward into the season. But it's really a, a win-win for everybody because even if you get waived, like I did when I was um, a rookie, you look for the bright lights. You look for the opportunity that comes out of that. And to be honest with you, my time that I spent in the NFL as a player really illuminated me that I wanted to become a psychologist and get a PhD because I saw how many of us in that locker room needed help. So it, it I, I believe it's a win-win. I think getting cut is not as bad as people think it is it really sometimes really educates you in the direction you should go in this lifetime. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've talked about this. No one enjoys being cut, you included. But you said Dan Reeves was really good about it. Oh, yeah. In your case, anyway. Yeah, 100%. Dan spent about 45 minutes with me um, because mine was a little bit different. I I actually asked the Broncos for my release, and so – um, I was a person that really was doing really well in camp and having a lot of success, but I could, something wasn't right. And that was the, you know, the neck up I was performing physically, but it, I just didn't feel right. And so I, I took a lot of time to talk to first Merle Moore, our linebacker coach. Yeah. The and great then, Merle Moore. Yeah. The great yeah. Merle Moore. And then, uh, you know, coach Reeves spent about 45 minutes with me talking it through. So, it was a great experience for me in the end because it really helped me understand that there was a future after football because it's a little bit scary. You know, you've been playing it since you were young, and then all of a sudden it's gone, and it's a little scary. So to be, um, you know, educated and, and really talked to in a very kind and loving way by Coach Reeves was really helpful for me. Going into this week now for the players that do make it, and let's talk about the younger guys, whether it's rookies or maybe the undrafted folks, the Jalen McLaughlin's of the world, who are extraordinarily experienced. The number of carries in his career yeah. uh, obviously are immense. But now they find themselves in this week where there's no game. You, you've been in basically full adrenaline mode now for about six weeks. Right. Now you have to kind of find a way to normalize it, shut it down, and then get ready for game week after that. How do you sort of right the ship in this off week, do you continue to do uh, what you've always done? Do you continue to get up and work out everything else? Or is it better sometimes to just shut things off for a day or two, take a deep breath, uh, be happy with what you accomplished in making the team, and then get back to it? No, it's always good to keep routines. You always want to make sure that you're keeping not just your body sharp, but your mind as well. And, you know, the Broncos have people that can do that and help them from the neck up. Um, make sure they get their checkup because really this is a week when there's a lot of mental preparation. You know, you you do want to rest the body in terms of you're not taking any hits. You want to get healthy before the first game. But right now is a great time to shape your thoughts because if you don't, they'll shape you. So most teams around the league, in, fall, in fact, I'm involved with a few teams doing this, is coming in and doing some Zoom presentations about how you shape your thoughts you know, every day, every morning, so that you get your your thoughts in the right spot for success. Because, again, if you don't shape your thoughts, they will shape you. And there's over, the average human being has over 45,000 thoughts a day, and up to 75% of those thoughts are self-doubt and negative. So if you don't have a tool, a mechanism to combat that, you're going to be thinking pretty, pretty negative for the majority of the time. Do players you counsel uh, in terms of the teams you work with 
are they prepared even for more of a roller coaster this year because all the cuts are happening at once? Now, I know some teams are making cuts early. The New England Patriots like to cut yep. down earlier than they have to. Right. But in other years, it was about 800 players. This year, it'll be closer to 1,100. Are those players counseled on what kind of roller coaster they may be on this week? They may be cut one day on a practice squad the next, and by next week, they may be on the active roster of 53. Right. Most, that's possible. It's possible. All those things. Most of them are not, Sandy, and that's really the sad thing. I've, I've really had a mission – mission and a vision since I started working in the NFL to help teams improve their communication with players, not only players on your team, but potential players that could be waived and what they expect to go through because so many players often will find out they've been waived through media. That's not the right way to find out. And, and that, so, that happened in the old days. Oh, it did. A lot because and, coaches would try to hide right. guys who had been cut. Right. But of course the waiver wire, Al Davis used to love to, give out the Bronco names who are on the waiver wire. Right. And there was nothing the Broncos could do about it. Yeah. But I've but I've seen even in the last five years players that were um, actually called into the building that other people knew before they did. And that's just not professional. It's not organized. And I think NFL teams need to understand. And, and again, I've shared this with you guys before. We need to put athletes as people first and coaches, people first, because – if you treat players like players only, they won't run through a wall for you. If you want them to run through a wall, treat them like people. Same thing with the coaches. Treat them like people because they are. But sometimes we get caught up in this warrior mentality that they're football players, oh, they're coaches, and they're they're grinding, and they're special, and they're different. And it's an extreme league. Don't get me wrong. Everything about the NFL is an extreme league. But I tell you, the teams that have success – dial it back to the point where they treat their players and their coaches like people first. You mentioned your experience coming in with the Broncos in 80, after the 83 draft. And right. you've worked with this team uh, on the Super Bowl 50 season as well as many other NFL teams. How has that changed? I mean, it seems like at least it's night and day. The idea is coach says this, you do it, you don't <laughs> right. question. But now these guys, in part, I think it has to do with the money. They are businesses brands yes. of their own worth millions of dollars instantaneously and so they need to know the why maybe more than they used to or maybe it just took the nfl a while to catch up to it yeah no it, it is very much a different league now and it's it, you know it was a business then i remember tom jackson once saying he said it's a business first it's entertainment second and it's a sport third and i remember i was a rookie that year and i was like what like that, I couldn't even conceptualize that. I thought it was a sport, period. But when he said that, you know, that's when I started to drink the Kool Aid and understand that this league is really a business. And so, and you're right, Sean. You know, it's interesting because a lot of players become instant millionaires, and their agents now become their number one advisors. Now they should advise them on contract talks. They should advise them on you know bonuses and things like that longevity of playing and what to expect but they shouldn't advise them on like who their psychologist is they shouldn't advise them as whether they use the psychologist on a particular team and we've seen that we've seen agents that are ignorant to understand what we do in terms of psychology and wellness and they'll recommend to their players not to see someone like us on the staff because they said because their postulation is that it could mess them up even further 
with not understanding that for most of us, we're just teaching techniques and tools. So yeah, it has become such a business, such an organizational aspect to performance that sometimes there's so many layers like Russell Wilson. Let's be honest about Russell Wilson, all the layers he had to his performance team. It, it just becomes like a conglomerate and you forget that he's just got to play football instead of, you know, and they're or, all telling him something a and they're little all bit him, different. Yes. A little bit different. And then he ends up coming on the field looking like he's a deer staring in the headlights. Mm-hmm. So no wonder Russell Wilson has not, filtered out what we call the irrelevant cues just to focus on what's relevant every day. Uh, Speaking of Russell Wilson, uh, Peter King's uh, Monday, uh, used to be Monday morning quarterback, now it's football morning in America. He writes for NBC every Monday. Must read column. Peter's been covering the NFL for 40 years, and he's the best in the business. And an interesting quote from Sean Payton, and I, I think it, happened a few weeks after the season ended and may or may not have happened before he was named head coach of the Broncos. I think it probably happened before. So he's talking with Peyton because Peyton was a, supposedly a candidate for a number of jobs. I'm not sure he really was. I think this was the only job he was actually offered. But in any case, he's talking to Peter King. And Peter asks him about the whole Russell situ- uh, Wilson situation in Denver. And Russell Wilson had been quoted after the last game as saying, my 2023 season begins tomorrow morning at 5.30. And Sean Payton looks at Peter King and says, man, that guy's got to stop kissing all the babies. You're not running for office. Mm, Yeah. Fascinating comment, which now that it has appeared in a national column that everybody in the football business reads and a good deal of the media reads, I'm guessing Sean Payton will be asked about that quote. And we'll have a tough time saying he's misquoted because Peter King has done stories on Sean Payton. They have a relationship. But in any case, I'm I'm wondering, all, all these things going on, what happened on Saturday night? I know in talking to people yesterday, everybody's all of a sudden fired up about Jared Stidham again, right? Because he lit it up, and next to Jared Stidham, uh, the big star of the game the other night was Albert O. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm wondering psychologically what's going on, particularly with somebody like an Albert O, who all of a sudden is being talked up by the Broncos, and in fact, uh, one of our good friends Ryan Harris the yeah. other night. As, as being either a guy who's got the team made or a guy who, if he is cut, is going to be sought after by every one of the 31 teams. And I guess on since he hasn't played four years or long, am I right about that? This would or be no, year four. No, for no it would be year five, wouldn't it? Be year five. 19 was his rookie year. You're, uh, so that it would be year five. I'm, no, I'm 2020 just, was his rookie year. He was picked in the fourth round of 2020. 2020. Yep. Okay. After lock. Yes. Not the same year. Same, okay. Yeah. This is your fourth year. So he'd be subject to, uh, if he is let go, to uh, the claiming system. Sure. It goes in order. Yeah. He's got about 1.12 on the cap, uh, dead cap, if, about 187,000. If you were talking to Alberto, what would you say to him today? Well, I mean. When he doesn't know, I, you know, what to believe. I mean, he's hearing he's he had this great game the other night. Yeah. He's hearing he's great. And he's, he's sure to make a team, or if he does make this team, he's sure to make another team. 
he's a guy might might be on that roller coaster I was talking about. Yeah, but see, you know, when we talk about a roller coaster, that's a proverbial, a perceived roller coaster. There really is no roller coaster, and I get what people are what they mean. There are techniques, and that's what I mean. We're not psychologists that are therapy based. We're performance based. And so, for example, what I would say to him, I would say to Sean Payton, I would say to everyone in that building, they got to be solution based. And what solution based practices means, if it's not a solution to the issue, it's not on the table. You can't talk about pathology. You can't talk about problems because that'll keep you stuck there. That's why Russell Wilson played the way he did last year because he was focused on pathology. If it's not solution-based, and in case of Albert O, solution-based means I got this team made. And what I'll do is if I get waived, I'll deal with that when it happens. But don't chat, attach yourself to potential negative outcomes right. when they're not even well, real. Well, they're not real, yeah. So solution-based therapy means, yeah. you know what, if it's not solution-based, and it works with couples, it works with organizations, it works with individual people so we give them techniques so it doesn't have to be a roller coaster for the organization or the player back to the wilson uh yeah quote from sean payton um i i kind of agree with it actually yeah because russell wilson seemed last year more of a politician than a quarterback right. seemed as if he was running for office campaigning all the time uh is that a quote you imagine sean payton wishes he could take back now no not at all not at all not at all because yeah. i think you know russ needs to play i mean you can't rest on seattle and all your experiences in the past this is a perform you know one time i will quote john fox here this is the one time <laughs> <laughs> this is a performance oriented league yeah. this yeah. is performance oriented right. and, and it matters what you've done today and he needs to play and if he doesn't play it looks like sean payton has things in play in plan yeah. he has plan b so no, solution-based, but at the same time, Russell has got to, to play. He's got to filter out his irrelevant cues, focus on solutions. And he'll, and he'll like I told you the other day, he'll never be what he was, but he, at least he won't embarrass himself this year if he is able to do filter out all those irrelevant cues that he was paying attention to and, and use his solution-based stuff that he's been taught before. He is Dr. Rick Perry. Make sure you check out thinkoneforyou.org. That's thinkone and then the number foryou.org for all uh, of what Dr. Rick is doing. There's a, a tremendous amount in which he's doing. It gets to be busy for you all year, but now the football season is underway. We're very happy to have him every Monday talking about the mental part of the games as well on Mental Mondays. We check up from the neck up. Doctor, appreciate it as Thanks, always. Guys. Look forward to uh, getting to do this the next time. And it won't be very long until we're breaking down an actual game, the Broncos. And the Raiders, hopefully, without having to talk about Two Max Crosby, Max, Max Crosby, Max Crosby, and uh, Josh Jacobs doing what they usually do. Maybe next Monday we'll talk about how they focus on not letting those guys uh, wreck them like they like they often do, and focus on that when we have a better idea of who the roster is. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. And like I say all the time, love, trust, and believe in each other. Doctor Rick Brayavoy, folks, thank you very much. Every Monday, right here at this time. We will take a look at the Broncos roster crunch now driven heavily by injuries. What will they do? Sandy and I take a peek at it next on Miley Sports.
so fast This is our last night But it's late This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Denver Broncos tomorrow will have to start making their cuts. They have, they've made some. They made some the day after the last preseason game on Sunday. Rather minimal ones, although Kendall hit part of that. The challenge, of course, is due to the injuries. If a player's been placed on season ending, uh, they don't count against the 53. But if you want that player to play at all during the season at the moment, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, that would be Jerry Judy, Baron Browning, Riley Moss, oh, sure. and Kwan Williams. Yeah, they have to be on the 53. That's totally now sure on Kwan Williams. I, Tim I, I Patrick, Jalen Virgil, and Jonas Griffith's situations, they're on the season ender. And yeah. so they will. They are still a, They get to get paid. They Technically, their contracts are still going because they were injured doing you know team work. But they, they're not available to play this year, even if they could. So... The Broncos can really now, if they want to keep all four of those guys, they can only have 49 healthy players retained. And that means that at least in the short term, you're going to have some roster crunches at positions where you're going to have to go uh, a little bit shorter in some and a little bit longer than you otherwise might have because you have to find a way to finish this out. And the the cornerback spot all of a sudden becomes critical. Yes, there's been injuries at wide receivers, but the Broncos have a lot of wide receivers. It is the cornerback spot where you might have to keep two players that are hurt. So when you look at cornerback, what are you going to keep? Seven? Eight? I mean, what do you keep? And that's going to be the toughest part for the Broncos, I think. And well, I, that's going to drive the I, rest I, of it. I think seven guys before the Williams thing, including Williams, um, before the Williams news came out today, I thought they'd keep seven corners and those seven would be Satan, Mathis, uh, McMillan, uh, Williams, Bassey, Moss, and actually Trayvon Smith, I thought, he's guaranteed $2.5 million this year. And I know coaches say, and uh, Peyton had a quote today, a, a, stor- a story about, actually it was yesterday in the Post, uh, about uh, Pierre Thomas back in 2007, undrafted running back, um, ended up keeping him and cutting a draft pick. Well, it's also uh, keep in mind. Back. So, uh, uh, you know, Smith. the co- coaches say they'll cut guys with guaranteed money coming to them. But in this case, Williams isn't going to be able to play for at least four weeks. And I, I think you're, I mean, Williams you're, is really going to end up eight. keeping them. And uh, well, absolutely. Moss is four. I think Traymond Smith, the other part of the equation there is this is a guy that has returned both kicks and punts at the NFL level. Although and the not Broncos in the are, yet. He had not, but the Broncos are just counting on Marvin Mims to do that, and he's a rookie. Even though he hasn't done much of it either. Right. So I think that's another reason to keep Smith, at least as somebody on the roster yeah. who's done it, at a position yeah. of need, and you're already paying him. So I, I, You know, they may figure it out during the season, but I don't know. I'm, and, and could I, I'm I, could not I see thrilled. Smith then get moved on with, if Moss or K1 Williams comes yeah. back? Sure. But right now, that that's you, a spot where you, you can't keep be a lot thrilled of with their returners, though. He can't be, or or their, frankly, their kicker. Now I know he steadied down after the seven for first seven game, which a, was a disaster. But the first game was as close to it yeah. isn't missing four well, I think the leash extra is, points, uh, very but short. it isn't far off. Yeah, the leash is short for and, sure. And Peyton keeps saying he's competing against thirty-one other NFL kickers. Um, and when yeah. he made that statement the first time, some of those guys hadn't been cut yet. They've been cut now. 
So some of them, yeah. But I think Mars is week to week. I don't. I don't think he's all year. Yeah, all year. I think he's going to make the week. roster, but I think he's week to week all year long. I think that's absolutely the case. So I mean, I think let, let's just take a peek at it real quick and want to get your feedback. Three zero three eight three one thirteen forty is the number. Uh, two two quarterbacks. That's easy. Wilson and Stidham. I think they they like Danucci. Could be ticketed for the practice squad, but he's not making the fifty three. At and just stop me if there's a spot you disagree. Running back. I have Javante Williams, Samaji Pirine, Julian McLaughlin, Michael Burton is making it as a fullback. I think they'd be interested in maybe keeping another, I guess we'll separate a halfback and fullback, but I think right now the roster's too thin to do it. So I think those are your four running backs, and that includes Burton yeah, as the, the fullback. The, the two other guys at running back didn't show me. And I thing. think they'll be available. You'll be able to find those guys again. At wide oh, receiver, those guys grow on trees. Yeah, Judy, Sutton, Mims, Brandon Johnson, and I think Mark, uh, Marquez Calloway and Lil Jordan Humphrey, who also had a nice game. I think they end up making the team that's sixth there, and Judy, of course, will not be ready for probably the first couple of weeks. Two of those guys, Calloway and Humphrey, have played for Sean Payton before in New Orleans. At the tight end role, you have Troutman, Dulcich, and Manhurts, and I agree with you. I think the Broncos would love to see if they could get a pick for Albert Okawebenam. If they don't, I suspect they'll keep him. The tackle position, Garrett Bowles and Mike McGlinchey, of course, are safe. Cam Fleming, I think, is is safe as a backup. The interesting choice will be, I think they're leaning, uh, when they moved away from Isaiah Prince as quickly as Sunday, I think that tells me that as much as they played him, I, I think they like uh, youngster Alice Palchewski, who I think they will keep as a depth I tackle. agree with you on that. Uh, guards, I, I, I actually kind of liked him. I, I do too. I, I think. I, I well. thought I thought they would maybe keep Prince and <laughs> yeah. try to put Palchewski uh, on the practice squad. No, they didn't see enough no, from Prince. I think Palchewski makes it much better at guards. I ben, think Palchewski's better than Fleming. Actually, uh, he might be, but I don't think he's going to get that look right off the bat. Powers and Miners, of course, the starters will make it at guard. I think that uh, Kyle Fuller ends up making the team in part because he has not only played uh, the guard position, but has played the center position. He played that with the Bears. Cushenberry at center. Uh, Mitchell Ferboni is the long snapper. That's right. He takes up a roster spot. You're going to have to go with that. And then I, I think that you'll be looking at Luke Wattenberg there with Alex Forth- Forsyth uh, probably ticketed for the practice mm-hmm. squad. But if they went for Forsyth instead and moved on from Wattenberg, I'm not it would sure not shock me. Make it. And maybe I'm they keep sure Bailey. Maybe they keep Quinn Bailey mm-hmm. as another guard and say, if, uh, you I, th- back I think you have a lot of linemen on practice squad. I, 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 they, you, you can't keep on a, on the 53 man more than the eight. I think they're likely to keep. And you identified the eight before you got to some of the other names. But I, 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 I don't, Wattenberg hasn't shown anything. No, he really hasn't and been very good. Peyton has no, State no connection in, in nope. uh, He does have some in Forsyth, obviously picked in this yeah, draft. Yeah, uh, although I think Forsyth's practice squad. Me too. No, uh, nobody's nobody's going to pick him up. And so that that maybe were that to happen, I think you then you're looking at the idea of uh, Quinn Bailey probably making it, knowing that mm. they have an opportunity to uh, go with Kyle Fuller as a backup center if absolutely necessary. Well, what, okay, who who am I? missing it because i have him keeping eight and i don't have him keeping Wattenberg, and i don't have him keeping foresight um bulls mcglinchy fleming Palchewski. and i don't have him keeping bailey either uh i i have well bulls powers cushionberry miners mm-hmm. and mcglinchy there's your starters. The starters and uh fleming mm-hmm. Palchewski, and fuller as the three reserves that's eight 
I and I I think you put two or three on the practice squad. None of those guys are going to get picked up. Yeah, none of those guys are going to get picked up. They can't play. Uh, it, 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 they certainly can't start. And I don't know. Bailey's one of those guys who got mentioned who had to play late last year, and what a joke of a. Uh, it was, starting it lineup the Broncos impressive. had by the end of the year, and Bailey was one of those guys who was looking at it and saying, "How is he playing in the NFL? Much less starting." So if that's if that's where we got there with uh, Fuller being basically the only interior O line backup, which is essentially what you'd have, you'd have four tackles, uh, three guards, one center. But Fuller has played uh, center before. That gives you right. uh, basically twenty. Uh, and we'll count for Boney at the moment because he is a long snapper. I'm going to count him as whatever lineman. So it's just 25 guys. Well, then it'd be nine. Yeah. Then it'd be nine. Uh, so there you go. Now, on the defensive side, uh, defensive end, and I'm with you. I, I Frank Clark's going to play defensive end. I know they yes, want to put I, call him a line a linebacker. So they're going to keep fine. six. So you're talking about Allen, Clark, uh, Jonathan Harris, Matt Henningsen uh, as the defensive ends. I think I'm, I'm with you. I think Garcia can make the uh, the practice squad. He can yeah. certainly make the practice squad. Defensive tackles Jones and Purcell with Lancaster and Mustafer both making the practice squad, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, there's your six. Uh, the outside linebackers: Randy Gregory, Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito. Uh, I have Aaron Patrick, who's yeah. been a special teams ace, making the team. Yeah. Baron Browning, of course, uh, has to be. He has to make that 53, even though he's probably not going to play until at the earliest week five. Mm-hmm. So that's five outside guys on the inside. Uh, Jonas Griffith is out for the year. It's easy in that case. Jewel Singleton, uh, rookie Drew Sanders. And Justin Sternod, who's right. been outstanding that, on that's special the teams. Position so that's the that easiest. There's nine there. Now up. you get into the uh, – we know the kicker is Brett Maher, punters, Riley Dixon. Uh, Dixon, by the way, has looked really pretty much just uh, – he had one bad punt. I mean, otherwise, I mean, looked really, first really game good. was bad, but uh, otherwise, otherwise he's looked he's great, fine. so no problem. Uh, so let, let's do the – let's go back the other way. Let's go to the safeties. Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns, absolutely. I think P.J. Locke is there as well. I think they like Dwayne Turner yell. But I don't think they like Skinner more. Uh, and that's I. And the thing is, I think it's a crunch for both. I think both have to go to the practice squad because of right now they can't they can't all stay. Mm. That's the reality. You you don't have the luxury of keeping five safeties because at cornerback, look what you have to do. As you pointed out, Sertan Mathis. Let's assume that Bassey is taking K1 Williams role. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Jaquan McMillan, I think, has played very, yep. very good. I agree. So now you have uh, Riley Moss and Kwan Williams, who have to, who are both hurt and both yep. hurt for a while. The month for each, at bare minimum, really a month for Moss, two months for Williams. That that you can't go with four, so you have to go with five. And I think I'm with you. I think that's Traymond Smith. So, but you end up keeping seven corners. So four defensive ends, two defensive tackles, uh, nine linebackers in total. You have to keep 11 defensive backs because of the injuries. Your kicker and your punter, that's 28 yeah. on the defense and the special teams. That brings you to 53. That's it. Yeah. And that means you, you know, you'd like where there is a strength at safety with the Larry Turniel and JL Skinner, but they're going to have to be probably released and brought back onto the practice squad. That's the reality. But I think at the moment, that's, we seem to agree, that's probably what they're looking at. There may be one or two changes last second, but I, I do think that's probably what they're at. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree, and um, and I I think Humphrey helped himself at wide receiver I do the other too. night. I I think he was another guy who probably helped himself. Taylor Grimes, I by the way, I think he was going to make the team anyway. Uh, but they but, need size badly. Yeah, He's six four. They need size, especially now with uh, Hinton being. And I'm not. I, I like Kendall Hinton. Uh, I'm not going to object vociferously to his. Uh, 
uh, being waived because I don't think that I think he'll come back in the practice squad. And I, I think to the Broncos, he has value. I think the coaches like him. He's a spirited guy and he can do a lot of things on a team that, frankly, there are two things about the Broncos I think are colossally overrated. One, this idea that they're a young team is preposterous. And that's one of the things that K1 Williams, 31 years old. This is career threat. As, as is, this it, is, this is this is career threat. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, and not only season threatening, I think it's career threat. It, it, at the very least, his career with the Broncos, I think, is essentially over. I think they found a guy in Bassey. I think he's a which is funny because player. he's been around, but it, but yeah. it, but it started yeah, it's, it started to click. Around. Yeah. It started to click. He's bounced around. He was even with the Chargers uh, for a while, and the Chargers could probably use him now if he had been the player then that he is now uh, with the Chargers. They'd uh, they'd keep him this year uh, too. So uh, I I think Humphrey helped himself uh, the other night. Um, Stidham look look a lot better than he did in the first game. And if we're saying, well, uh, Maher had a bad first game, but he's fine. Dixon had a bad first game. He's fine. Stidham had a bad first game. I didn't think he was great in the second one, but his stats were okay. And uh, the other night, you know, 17 I mean, it doesn't for matter. 28 he got for $5 million. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's got $5 million yeah. in, in guaranteed money. He, he was never uh, going anywhere, but, uh, yeah, I I don't think, apart from the injury complications, right, that the decisions are all that hard. No, I don't either. And I'm not necessarily sure that's a good thing. It's probably <laughs> not a good thing. Want to know what you think? The number is 303-831-1340. You can send us your text. Let us know what you thought. Any players you think left out? Any players you think... Uh, should have definitely made it or should definitely not make it uh, on the on the part of the Denver Broncos. Let us know. 303-831-1340. We'll take a, a look at what the Broncos do next and what that means uh, when they don't have that much depth. That's the concern. How has your opinion changed? Did, did, a, did a preseason game between third and fourth stringers change your perspective? I'm guessing it didn't change Sandy's, but we'll talk about it more next on My Life Sports. They say it's all been done, but they haven't seen the best. 